I love to sit and look through those holy pages And read about the eternal rock of ages See all that God has done, the battles he has won The great prophecies unfold In every book from Genesis to Revelation I see his loving grace and this great salvation Brings courage to my soul, for I know he's in control. I believe every word is true. Yes, I believe every word that he said is true. I believe he'll do exactly what he said he would do. How I love his precious... It's time now for the Teaching Timeless Truths radio broadcast with Pastor Roger Walton. So get your Bible, a pen, and your Bible study notebook as we journey through the truths of God's Word And now with today's Timeless Truth, here's Pastor Walton. Psalm 119, Psalm 119. As we enter into the next section of these 22 sections in Psalm 119, the Word of God chapter, where every verse but four has a synonym for the Word of God, we come upon verses 57 through 64, the eighth section now. And we're looking at this thought, he's all I need. He's all I need. He says that in eight verses here. In verse number one, thou art my portion, O Lord. I have said that I would keep thy words. So we see that the first thing that we're looking at is he's my portion, my allotment. He's my provision. He's my security. He's my inheritance. The idea of this is that our portion is what he has given us. It's very valuable. It is very precious. And we need to remind ourselves of that, that because of who he is and because of what he is to us and our relationship with him, that we are saved by his precious blood. He is my portion. Psalm 16, 5, The Lord is the portion of mine inheritance and of my cup. Thou maintainest my lot. Psalm 73, 26, My flesh and my heart faileth, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Lamentations 3, 24, The Lord is my portion, saith my soul, therefore will I hope in him. That simply means this, the portion in the earthly stages was land, territory, and inheritance that a person owned, and he is our life being, and he is our possession because he has purchased us. We are a purchased possession. Therefore, he is our inheritance now. In fact, we are heirs with him. In fact, Romans 8, 17 says, And if we're children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that may also glorified together with him. The portion is something incredibly awesome that we do not want to forsake. He said, Thou art my portion, O Lord. I have said that I would keep guard, garrison, thy words. I'm determined that I am going to make that my life. I'm going to obey it. I'm going to heed it. I'm going to do it and keep it in my heart and life. I'm going to guard it with everything that I have. I do not want to find my place 
being weakened because I am not guarding your words. You're my portion and I am not going to leave. One person said to the weak, he's the almighty. To the writer, he's the author and finisher of our faith. To the baker, he's the bread of life. To the soldier, he's the captain of our salvation. To the builder, he's the chief cornerstone. To the shepherd, he's the lamb of God. To the astronomer, he's the bright and morning star. And to the botanist, he's the rose of Sharon and the lily of the valley. By the way, the Bible says he's the lily of the valleys. The singular lily in every single one of our valleys. That, my friend, is what it's all about. Our relationship to the Lord. If we get our relationship right, obedience follows. Did you notice that? Thou art my portion, O Lord. I have said I would keep thy words. You're not going to keep his words. You're not going to keep his commandments if you don't have the right kind of relationship with him. But you have the right relationship. You put your relationship with him as top priority, number one. And then what he says because of his relationship with you and your relationship with him as top priority number two, you'll find that the two follow hand in hand like Siamese twins. Well, then he drops down to verse number 58. And when we get down to verse number 58, we find that he is my presence. And that is very interesting. He says, I entreated thy favor. The word favor there is an unusual word that uh, has the idea of the face. And it literally uh, has the idea of the person that we behold in the face. So he is my presence. I seek his face. My favor. He's, I, I've entreated thy favor. I've sought thy face with favor. I've sought thee with my whole heart. I've entreated thy favor with my whole heart. Be merciful unto me according to thy word. The word entreat has everything to do with great intensity and fervency. It comes from the Hebrew word uh, kalah, which means to make oneself sick or weak. The psalmist's passion is so intense and it is so incredibly uh it's just I've got to have you that he's seeking his face he is seeking his favor he is seeking him because there's no other place you listen put all your eggs in one basket when it comes to spiritual things and that is the Lord Jesus Christ put all your eggs in one basket I know the world says diversify and I and I get that in the world but not in the Christian life you put it all in one place you put it all in your heavenly father the Lord Jesus Christ and you come in with a wholeheartedness. There is something about wholeheartedness that is missing today. Back in the very first section, we learned, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto, according to thy word. Thy word. I mean wholeheartedness. With my whole heart have I sought thee. Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. He is looking to God for mercy. Be merciful unto me. I have entreated your face with favor. I've got to have you. According to thy word, be merciful. I've looked at your word. I've read your word. I've heeded your word. I've memorized your word. I'm guarding your word. I know what it says. So be merciful to me, dear Lord. And of course, when he says that, it is in the imperative mood. Come on, be merciful unto me. When he says, I have entreated thee, it's in that peel stem, that intense stem. I've entreated thee. I've entreated thy favor with my whole heart. 
I put my whole heart into this. And I want you to be there. I want you to have my whole life. Be merciful unto me according to thy word. You are my portion. You are my presence. Now we get to verse number 59. And we see he is my path. I thought on my ways. I thought on the journey that I was on. The path that you put me on. And turned my feet unto thy testimonies. I chose to turn towards the witness of you. The evidence of where you're leading me. That's where I have gone. I have taken that and I have thought on my ways. I have put some thought into it. And what I'm saying here is I have a purpose for which I do things. I have a reason for why I go the way I go. And this is an extreme devotion of Christ. He thinks, he muses on the ways, the journey of life he's on, to make sure that his feet are turned to the right path, the evidences that God has demonstrated. He says, I'm examining my heart. I'm doing everything I can to examination. That's why he said back in verses 36 and 37, incline my heart unto thy testimonies and not to covetousness. Turn away mine eyes from beholding vanity and quicken thou me in the way. Make me alive. Listen, he is absolutely pouring his heart out here. He's all I need. I need you and no one else. I've got to have you, Lord. It's absolutely important. When we pray for God's help, we remember that he doesn't owe us anything. So what we get is undeserved, and we thank him for it over and over again. And that mercy of God is so incredible. Remember the publican and the Pharisee? The Pharisee's going on and on about how great he is and how wonderful he is. And how he does this and this and this. And I thank you, Lord, I'm not like this publican over here. But the publican standing afar off would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven. But smote upon his breast saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And I'm glad that is the prayer that God will hear from a sinner when he realizes that he's a sinner and there's nothing he can do about it he has to rely totally on the Lord Jesus Christ and what he did and cries out for mercy and Jesus said I tell you that this man went away justified not the Pharisee Psalm 119 or Psalm 913 says have mercy upon me O Lord consider my trouble which I suffer of them that hate me thou that liftest me up from the gates of death Psalm 30, verse 10, Hear, O Lord, and have mercy upon me. Lord, be thou my helper. I thank God that he is merciful. And I thank God that he shows mercy. So it begs us to ask the question. When you think of this, I thought of my ways. Where am I spiritually? How am I doing? What's my spiritual temperature? Am I, am I uh, you know, at normal? Am I burning up for Christ or am I cold? And uh, 
is my life on the right path? Am I leaning towards the world? Am I being pulled in different directions? Or am I turning my feet to the evidences of the testimonies, the very word of God that evidences that this is the right way to go? And I'm looking at the journey I'm on. I'm going to make sure that I'm on the right path doing what it is you want me to do. Am I, Lord, in the perfect will of God? I want to be in that perfect will of God. Lord, where do you want me to go? What do you want me to do? Where are you directing my footstep right now? Where do you want me to be right now? And Lord, is there anything hindering me from taking that step? Be it something that I have done in my life that's a sin that needs to be taken care of. Be it something that I'm doing that's a stumbling block in my life right now. Or be it something that is causing me to sense fear, whatever it is. I must examine it. Psalm 26, 2, examine me, O Lord, improve me, try my reins and my heart. Lamentations 3, 40, let us search and try our ways and turn again to the Lord. Haggai 1, 7, thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. In fact, he said it in Haggai twice. And then 2 Corinthians 13, 5, examine yourselves, whether you be in the faith, prove your own selves. Know ye not your own selves how that Jesus Christ is in you, except ye be reprobates. And Proverbs 4, 26, ponder the path of thy feet and let all thy ways be established. Amen. Let's make sure we're on the right road. Then he comes to verse number 60. He said, I made haste and delayed not to keep thy commandments. I made haste and delayed not. To keep thy commandments. He is not only my portion in my presence and my path, but he's my promptness. I, my, the speed with which I do things can only come through him. The psalmist said, I made haste and delayed not. When you hear from God, you make haste. He said, I am letting you be my prompt. I'm letting your words. I am going to not make any delay in keeping your commandments. I will not do that. I made haste. I got in a hurry to make sure that I was on the right road and delayed not, didn't tarry, didn't linger, didn't stay behind to keep thy commandments. Meaning, the minute I heard thy commandments, I jumped on board. I not only won't forget your commandments, I'm not going to delay in doing them, guarding them, keeping them, going about them, doing what it is that you have told me to do. Very, very, very important that we see that in our lives. It's very important that we understand that when we are working for the Lord, you don't delay. You just put your eyes on Jesus and you keep on keeping on. In the race of life, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. You look unto Jesus. You keep, listen, you, you pl when you plow, you put a point down the road and you don't take your eyes off of it and you make that straight line. You try to do it too short and you're not going to make it. Put your eyes on the goal. For the eyes of the prize of the high calling of Christ, our calling of God in Christ Jesus. No man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. You don't want to do that. You want to make sure that your eyes are ahead and stayed on him and delay not to keep to guard those very commandments of God. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night that thou mayest observe to do according to all 
that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way, thy journey prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. That's the key. He is my promptness. I have to stay focused on him and his word, and we'll make haste to do what he says to do and make no delay about it. When he says, go, you go. When he says, stop, you stop. When he says, wait, you wait. Whatever it is he says, you do it, and you do it right away. Verse 61, the bands of the wicked have robbed me, but I have not forgotten thy law. Here we see that he is our protector. There is a persistence that comes from those who want to go against us. There is a persistence for those who say, you know what, I just don't want to have you in that. The word the bands of the wicked, a band is a cord. It is that which will kind of tie you up. The bands of the wicked, they banded together, they have roped together, and that they have robbed me. They, the idea of that word robbed has the idea that they have come to testify against me. They have, they're trying to rob me of my testimony. He said they have closed and ensnared me. They've come and they've gripped hold of me. They're trying everything they can to stop me. But I have not forgotten thy law hallelujah there are people all over that their job is to drag you down their job is to knock you off the path their job is to try to get you to turn back their job is to try to get you to throw the towel in on God and he's saying no I will never forget thy laws they will keep me going no matter how many people ensnare and entrap and cause me issues and problems I will not go down that road I am going to stay right there with you. I have put your word in my heart that I will not sin against you. The law of his God is in his heart. None of his steps shall slide. Psalm 37, 1. We must keep on keeping on. If we don't, we'll give in. We'll give up. The wicked will win. They'll ensnare. They'll trap. And they'll hurt. And they'll maim. And they'll take us away from the only one who can help us. I can remember so many people when bad things happen to them and they turn against God. I can remember someone looking at me and saying they were angry at God because of my diagnosis. And I said, why would you be angry at the only one who you can pray to that has any ears to hear, that has any power to work or do? Why would you rob yourself of that blessing? doesn't make sense to me. Does it make sense to you? He said in verse 62, At midnight I will arise to give thanks unto thee because of thy righteous judgments. I'm glad that he is my protector, but he's also my praise. At midnight I will rise to give thanks. I'm going to thank you and praise you. And I'll do it even in the midnight hour when I can't sleep and things go wrong. I will give thanks. It literally, the word give thanks means to throw or to cast down like you would shoot arrows. It's like I throw up my hands and bow down at his feet. <laughs> I raise a hand to him and bow my unworthy head that he 
has kept me. And in those nighttime hours, in the middle of the night, when you just don't know how you're going to get through, you just rise up and throw up the hands and say, praise my God and bow your unworthy head that he even lets you continue on. He is worthy to be praised. I'm telling you, you can't praise him enough. You can't love him enough. You can't adore him enough. As a lover of God, you learn to love him because of the scriptures and what the word says. Everything, everything. The Bible talks about giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And it reminds us again in the New Testament, in everything give thanks. Listen, for this is the will of God. Don't have to pray about it. It is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Give thanks in everything, even when it's the midnight hour. You keep on keeping on. You don't throw the towel in. You don't get angry at God. You don't say, I can't do that. You just get excited and you say, hallelujah, Lord. I'm focused on you. My eyes are on you. I'm not turning away from you. I'm going to keep on keeping on. Praise your name, even when it's in the middle of the night and I would like to be asleep and it's more afraid at night. One time there was a bunch of ladies meeting together and they were talking and one lady kind of not wanting to mention a whole lot, but scared to mention her plot, just happened to say something like this. Oh, by the way, I'm having a little surgery tomorrow. And uh, they just kept on talking except one lady. One lady pulled her aside and said, oh my goodness, I didn't know that. Uh, Are you scared? And she replied, only at night when I'm all alone and by myself. In the daytime, I have things to occupy my time, but at night, I have a rough time. Hey, listen, I'm glad one person was paying attention and heard the plea of somebody who needed prayer. And amazing, she said it was at night, at midnight. Yeah, when it's just you and him. I will arise. Hallelujah. He gets praise. Verse 63, I am a companion of all them that fear thee and of them that keep thy precepts. I'm glad he is my partnership. And I use the word for the P word, but he's, he is my fellowshipper. He's the one I fellowship with, knit together. And the psalmist said, I am knit together with all them that fear thee. I'm part of that crowd that's under the umbrella of fellowshipping with you, partnering with you, comrading with you, and all of them that keep thy precepts. He said, I keep the right company because they keep the right company, and you're the right company. You're the right partner to have. There's no one else to partner up with. I'm not going to get under the umbrella of anybody else, and I don't use the word partner to be equal. We're not equal with God. God's over us, but I mean that we're fellowshipping with him. He said, all of those that fear thee, that's who, that's the crowd I'm with. And he said, all them that keep thy precepts, that's the crowd I'm with. The ones who have got your word so entangled in their life, so involved in their life, so much that they have put it into principles to make all of their steps principled so that they do not violate the word of God and they do not at any time step over the line of God and they do not at any time say, I wonder how I get through this and despise the principles of God. They look at every single thing that life throws through the lens of the word of God and the principles principles they have learned from the word of God. That who is who I am. I'm a friend to all those who are your loyal followers. That's who I am. 
I am a friend to all them. The psalmist is a pledging here that this is where I'm at. This is the crowd I'm with. I don't care about the people that come and persecute me. I don't care about the trials, the mockers. I'm sticking with God's crowd, the crowd that really, really loves you, the crowd that's not ashamed of you. Because remember what he said in the Gospels, whosoever therefore shall be ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him also shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he cometh in glory of his father with his holy angels so we must understand that we need to have a fellowship and i think if we would go back to first john and look at what he said we would realize that the connection of true fellowship is with our connection with god listen to how this goes this then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that god is light and in him is no darkness at all if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. What he's saying there is, you say that you're fellowshipping with God and you're walking in darkness, you're lying. But if you walk in the light, now you are fellowshipping with him. And that light and fellowship with him allows you to fellowship one with another. You get the fellowship between you and God right, then the fellowship between you and other people will go right. And you'll get along in your church and in your Christian lives and your Christian friends and family. We cannot lie one to another and say that we walk in the light if we're walking in darkness. We cannot say that we're in fellowship with God if we walk in darkness. But if we are walking in the light of his word, we have fellowship with him and we have fellowship one with another. Verse 64, the earth, O Lord, is full of thy mercy. Teach me thy statutes. The, listen, he's my professor. Teach me thy statutes. The earth, O Lord, it's full of thy mercy. I've looked. It's full of your compassion. It's full of your grace. It's full of your awesomeness. It's full of your wonder. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Teach me thy statutes. Now, what do you think that word teach is? It's in the imperative. Yeah. Come on, Lord. Teach me. And it's in the peel stance, that, that intensive stance. Teach me, Lord. Gotta have it. Teach me. Be my professor. Talk to me. Give me what I need. I want to keep on growing in the Lord. I want to be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height and to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that I might be filled with all the fullness of God. Oh, Lord, I need you. Teach me. Amen. Teach me. Teach me. Teach me. Listen, if you don't stay teachable, and remember the words of 1 Timothy 2.15, to study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. That means to cut it straight. You will never cut straight the word of God if you don't stay in it and learn it and heed it and remember it and get in it all. Read it through every year. I know people that read it through more than that a year. In fact, I know some people that read it monthly. That's, a, that's an incredible adventure to do that. But make sure you're reading it at least once a year and every single day having devotions and every single day studying the precious Word of God. Yes, sir, He's all I need. Father, in the name of Jesus, help us to realize you're all we need. You're 
Jump off the pages of the Word of God. Dig in. Learn more about you. Love you. Stick with you because you are absolutely all that I need. Well, thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. This is Pastor Walton praying you have an absolutely awesome week. Yes, I believe every word that he said is true. I believe he'll do exactly what he said he would do. How I love his precious word, it thrills me through and through. I believe every word is true. Oh, I believe every word that he said is true. I believe he'll do exactly what he said he would do. Precious word, it thrills me through and through. I believe every word. You have been listening to the Teaching Timeless Truths radio broadcast with Pastor Roger Walton. You can send all correspondence to tttbroadcasts at gmail.com. Tune in again next week for another Timeless Truth.